welcome everyone to Toons Mate episode 14. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And today, we had the opportunity to sit down to interview Marvelous Mark, also known as Mark Camp. He is a motivational speaker, but what's interesting is he ties in this idea of a business rock star. So he references Gene Simmons, The Beatles, Jay-Z, Lady Gaga, all these folks that are out there that are using all the philosophies from Carnegie and using all the psychology to move ahead and be a rock star. But the whole translation is, if you're a rock star, you can use those same tactics in the business element. And Marvelous Mark is doing that. And I think it's fascinating how throughout time, throughout musicianship, whether it's Kiss or Lady Gaga, they all kind of share a lot of the same qualities. And Marvelous Mark really pulls these out in his performances. It's an interesting idea. Uh, it makes me think of when you teach organizational communication and organizational studies, they talk about leadership, they talk about transformational leadership, and the idea that a good leader is somebody who is energetic, has good ideas, inspires people, you know, and who can really sort of electrify a room or, you know, again, that idea of inspires people. And there's sort of a, a whenever I've thought about that idea, actually, it's funny, because when I teach it, I show a clip of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I show the clip where he joins the parade and sings Donka Shame, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because there's also this idea of the charismatic leader. And, and so a transformational leader has charisma, but there's a difference in that the transformational leader actually does lead people, like inspires people, gets, and it, it's beyond just the, the individual. It's the movement. Our charismatic leadership tends to be a little more focused on the individual. And so like after that person leaves the scene – the movement doesn't necessarily go on. So a lot of times they'll talk about like Martin Luther King as a transformational leader because of the way he was able to not only inspire people by who he was, but that it inspired people to continue with the civil rights movement so that even after he was assassinated, you know, the beat could go on. And so it, what you're talking about reminds me of that because I always I show that Ferris Bueller's clip because here's this guy who just inspires everybody. You know, everybody loves Ferris as the, the school secretary talks about. And he gets up and he does a Donka Shane and then twist and shout by the Beatles. And, he, you know, he's lip syncing it. But he, the idea that that he's acting the way a rock star acts. Right. You're up on stage. You're engaging with people. The crowd is into it. And so there's really, I think, something there to the idea that a motivational speaker would use the ideas of what a rock star is as a means to think about leadership, entrepreneurship, ambition, you name it. Yeah, and the one word that kept popping out through this entire interview that Mark kept referencing that I found fascinating was engaging, that mm -hmm. rock stars are engaging, they keep you going, and he uses that same philosophy of the audience. You know, he passes out drumsticks. Everybody has a pair of drumsticks and he has everybody play along in the audience, keep them going. And there's a lot of tactics to keep people engaged. And in this world where there's so many distractions, you know, whether it's your cell phone to anything that's out there. I mean, you name it. It's a distraction to keep someone engaged. And that's what a rock star does. You know, when you're on stage, it's all focusing on them. And there's many rock stars recently are saying, you know, I don't want you to bring your cell phone into the concert. Put it over there. And I've been to so many concerts where I'm seeing somebody hold up an iPad the entire time recording the show. And I'm like, are you really there? <laughs> but it does make me think about some of my favorite rock stars. I mean, I, you know, 
we've talked many times about Weird Al and David Lee Roth and, and people that embody that. But that's their whole goal is to keep you guessing, keep you electrified the entire time. And then they're not going to be doing the same tactic. Weird Al, his last tour, he did one where he was symphonic. You know, he did it with strings. Then the one before that was all the songs that he originally created. So it was for the hardcore fans. So they keep you guessing. And I think that's what a lot of folks do. And I, I think that's what Mark was was talking about when he was thinking about embodiment. I think about Bono. I mean, think about what he has done. Yeah, I think engagement's key to it. I absolutely agree with that. That's uh, the whole notion of performance. You've got to engage with the audience. If you go to a play, a good actor you know, doesn't engage with the audience because you don't break the fourth wall usually, but gives such a performance that the audience is drawn in. A good concert is one where you feel like the entire time you were there, you were into it. And it's funny, you, you know, you mentioned Bono, and I think of you 2 as an example of that. I've seen them, and I saw them in concert twice, and it's funny because both times, I, the first time I saw them, and I saw them twice on the same tour as the 360 tour a number of years ago, and... The, after the first time, I said to myself, the second time, I'm not going to watch the big monitor because they, you know, I'm not sitting it's here in stadiums. I saw them at Soldier Field in Chicago and I saw them at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing, Michigan. And, and in both cases, you know, I'm nowhere near the stage. I can kind of see them up way up there, but, but they got the big screen to show you. And the second time I said, I'm not going to watch the big screen. I'm going to, and I ended up being drawn to it, but U2 uses it in a way to try to enhance engagement. It's almost just like when I teach public speaking, I tell people when you use visual aids, you want them to enhance and not detract from your speech. You don't just throw stuff in to throw stuff in because it's actually going to detract from your speech. You want stuff that's going to amplify or enhance the points you're making. And so I think the most effective folks in terms of concerts and musicians are ones who take those other elements and they use it in a way that brings the audience in at another level and therefore you have that greater engagement. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think part of this interview is going to engage you and get you interested in learning more about Opportunity Rocks, Marvelous Mark, and what he's doing out there. And then also start thinking about what are some of your favorite rock stars? What are some of the things that keep you interested in what you listen to? And it's kind of very self-reflective when you start thinking about why you're attracted to certain music and is it the psychology? Is it certain aspects that draw you in? And that's really what Toonsmate's all about, to keep you engaged and keep you motivated. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Marvelous Mark. And once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we hope you enjoy this interview. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Toonsmate. Please welcome Mark Camp, a.k.a. Marvelous Mark, to the podcast. Marvelous Mark! Marvelous Mark! What's going on, my friend? How are you, Mark? We are uh, living the dream here in fabulous Las Vegas. Nice. Sunny Las Vegas. Well, that was the last time that I saw you was way back when, and I've been admiring all of your progress. You've been doing a lot of presentations, and I recently saw that you were on another podcast, and I was listening to that one, and I was like, wow, this guy started as a mobile DJ, and his goal was to pack the house. This is unbelievable, and, and now you've kind of evolved into this dynamic public speaker with this book. It, it seems like you definitely are living the dream, Mark. Yeah, it's been a great, great run, you know, as I reflect back when I made that leap of faith back in 1984, uh, you know, not a lot of regret, if any, because as I review every everything that happened to me, good and bad, was, you know, just part of the learning process, just part of the, the school of, you know, hard knocks, mm -hmm. so to speak, to get you where you are. 
because now as a speaker, I can pull from so many different scenarios or people that I've met or travels around the world that can give me some sort of common denominator or the whole six degrees of separation. You can <laughs> almost always find someone you know or something in common, which just makes the selling process and the delivery process so much easier. Yeah, the six degrees of Marvelous Mark. I'd yeah. really be interested to dive into that diagram. But you talked about your kind of unique way of conducting inspirational speaking. What What is your presentation style and, you know, how did it come to be? Well, I mean, coming from an entertainment background and, and touring on the road for 30 years, my whole thing way back when was, you know, my ultimate dream was to be a rock star, to be in a band. But I didn't have the discipline or at that time the confidence that I felt that I could learn to sing or learn to play an instrument well. So I decided, well, what's what's a good plan B? What's an alternative? And that's when I started getting into the mobile DJ business. Mm -hmm. But rather than just, you know, being a regular DJ playing the records, I started evolving or putting together a show around it, which wound up being a disruption or differentiator because nobody else was doing what we were doing. So we were traveling with anywhere from two to six guys uh, putting on a show, a fake band, doing lip syncs, costume changes, filling light sockets full of gunpowder and steel wool and shooting them off for pyros indoors, which would freak out a fire marshal nowadays. But it, it set us apart and people would remember us. And because of that, we were able to leverage more relationships. We were able to charge more. And now fast forward to 2020, I still kind of use that same principle. How can I be different from all the other speakers? How can I stand out from the crowd? How can I still be entertaining but deliver content at the same time? And you talked about rock stars. I mean, there's definite fascination with rock stars. I I always wanted to be one too. I always wanted to be Ace Fraley and Kiss. And I, you know, I, I can't play guitar. But it's fascinating how rock stars, there's, there's a lot to it. And part of your presentation is learning from rock stars. What are some of the things that, you know, typically in your presentation that you convey to your audience? Well, psych modern psychology says, you know, the brain or the, or the average human being can only absorb, you know, three to four points. So what I have done is mm -hmm. taking the four, what I call the solid rock star success principles and devise what I call the four chords of rock star success, because a lot of people don't realize, but 90% of the music you hear on the radio are based on the same four chords. So my philosophy is if you play these same four chords on your air guitar every day, uh, you'll be able to achieve or enjoy the same type of success as the successful rock stars. There's a lot of rock stars out there that aren't successful. There's a lot of rock stars that have gone down a dark trail, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about when we talk about rock star, we're talking about being the best at what you do at what you do the best. Mm -hmm. kind of uh, kind of philosophy so business is business i don't care whether it's the pharmaceutical business it's the insurance business real estate business music business the same principles apply for your business as it does for my business as it does for the casino business and the rock stars is the same way what i've done is just put a entertainment spin and a different unique vibe to it so it's fun and it incorporates music and engagement and interaction and it's easy to remember. All you got to do is play these four chords. Mm -hmm. And those, those chords are the D chord, which stands for dreams or big unreasonable dreams, goals, vision, that sort of thing. The next chord is the C chord, which is about change. But our twist on there is to where a lot of people are worried about managing change. We say rock 
regards drive change, the best way to manage change is to create change, create your own change. And just like the Googles and the Monsters and the Amazons are doing, they're they're driving it. They're not following it. The next chord is the B chord, and that's all about your band, your brand, your team, you know, working together, how, you know, none of us is the smartest, all of us. And the driving quote behind the B chord is from Steve Jobs of Apple, of all people, where uh, he said his model for business was the Beatles. So I'm thinking, wow, here's the CEO of Apple, you know, a company that helped change the world as we know it. He's using the Beatles as his business model. And then the final chord is the A chord, which is taking action or holding yourself accountable or your team members, your band members accountable. And how can you take not just action every day, but taking the right action? Because there's a lot of people out there busy as heck, but they're not accomplishing their rock star success because they're not taking the right action. And that's that's kind of the presentation in the uh, in the nutshell. Add some uh, add some music, uh, add some opportunities to rock out, bringing people up on stage, and everybody uh, holding some drumsticks in their hands, and uh, you've got opportunity rocks. It sounds like a good time. I know that you wrote a book, like you said, and her listening and understanding how that evolved. You actually did the presentation first, then the book came later, which I find pretty cool. But now since the book has been out, what are some of the things that it's taught you? Because it seems like you've evolved the presentation. You know, that's grown. You get people going. I can find out more information in the book. But if I always find it interesting when authors create something and then as they go and they improve their presentation that they want to go back and they want to do a revision. So what are some of the things that have jumped out to you that the book has taught you now? Well, uh, there's a, a couple of different reasons why people will produce a book. And because I had the keynote first or the vision first of doing this, what, what the book was uh, for me was not to go out there and try to be a number one bestseller or New York Times bestseller, but to raise my level of credibility as a speaker or as a rock star expert and as a business card. Uh, it opens up so many more doors for you when you can say, oh, I'm a published author or I've, I've got, you know, uh, when they're like, Where, what's, your, what's your keynote based on? What is, what is your background? So, well, it's based on this book, which I've researched, you know, all the rock stars, uh, successful rock stars, your favorite rock stars, and put together, put it all together in one book called Opportunity Rocks. So the book has been a great door opener for me. It's been a credibility issue. It, it allows you to, you know, to charge more. And, you know, especially when, when you're doing some pretty wacky or crazy things uh, on stage and you hand someone a book, they, t they take you a lot si more serious. Like, oh, wow, this guy's actually, you know, maybe knows what he's, what he's talking about. So, so a couple of different reasons. That, those were the reasons for me. Yeah, what's the craziest thing that's happened on stage to you? Probably one of the best stories all was when I was uh, doing a keynote for uh, Burger King in Phoenix. And there was a speaker before me. He was uh, he's kind of a kind of a mentor or you know a list speaker in the uh, in the speaking world. And he was before me, and I uh, had all my drumsticks handed out. He was done. I went on stage. I began my presentation, and he had a plane to catch. And we had identical laptops. We had both had MacBook Pros, so he had to like you know sneak out of there and, and get on to his next gig. So while I'm giving my presentation, I see this guy who I've known for years and admired as a speaker crawling on his hands and knees in front of the tables of my presentation. And I see him down there and he kind of makes eye contact, gives me a thumbs up, and he starts, you know, packing up his laptop. Well, unfortunately, he was packing up my laptop. So right in right in the middle of my presentation, everything just went dead. Like my my PowerPoint went off, my music went off, and I'm like, 
wrong computer. And he looks up. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. So I just, uh, luckily they had, everybody had the drumsticks. So my entertainment genes kicked in and we just went into a, uh, a riff and kind of a team building activity with everybody playing a different cadence and talking about, you know, beating the competition and drumming up new business. And while I'm having the audience play on their own, I'm down on my hands and knees, plugging my laptop back in and getting everything up and running. And the crowd didn't really know what was going on. And then the other speaker left and, and I went on. And he tells that story. I tell that story. It's really a, a funny story. But, you know, just like a rock star on stage, you never know when an amp's going to go, when your strings are going to go, when the PA is going to go out. You know, you just got to go with it. And not, you know, in radio, they taught us that. You know, like most of the time, the audience does not know that something's screwed up in the studio unless you tell them. Yeah, the show must go on. I remember Eddie Van Halen said the best <laughs> advice he got from his dad was if you screw up, smile and hit the note again. Right. Just just keep going. So it sounds like you've definitely mapped out rock stars and you know, part of the our blog and our our podcast is expose people to music that they forgot about or there's a stat out there that says that we reach a peak, a plateau, we continue to listen to the same songs over and over and over again. There's stats that say, you know, somewhere around our 30s, we get locked in that. And I think a lot of people are trying to get over that hump, especially there's so much music out there. You know, part of your presentation is focusing on rock stars. Are there any rock stars that either you try to emulate or you've kind of infused in the way you present? Is there any music that keeps you going while you're doing all this? Well, I mean, growing up in the uh, in the 80s, uh, that's where a lot of my my influence came from so like in in the book not just because they were personal mentors but also they were very successful acts so in the book and in the keynote you know we're talking about Aerosmith we're talking about Bon Jovi we're talking about the Grateful Dead we're doing a lot about Kiss because Kiss just Mm -hmm. did so many brilliant things back in the 1970s and to this day I mean Gene Simmons to this day is still considered to be one of the most successful guys in the music business And most would probably argue that he'd be successful in any business because he actually uses the same principles that I'm I'm teaching. But also I know that as corporate America and the sales force and the people going to conferences is getting younger, uh, you also have to evolve and connect with the next generation. So now I'm starting to incorporate wisdom from Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, because there's some great acts and some great artists as well. And they have a lot of wisdom, whether they've learned it from their mentors and put their own twist on it or, you know, learned it from someone else. Yeah. What's the biggest thing? I guess even you've got all these new acts that are out there. Is their philosophy, is it matching the same as the old or are they putting a new imprint on things? That's what I always find interesting. Even when we talk about tunes made in music, you've got the four chords. Everyone's just reinventing things. You know, a lot of people said, well, Lady Gaga's Madonna now, you know, just reincarnated. And are you finding there are new philosophies or are they kind of mixing in some of their own values? No. They're just putting their own twist on it, mm-hmm. and then it be- and then it becomes theirs. Uh, I tell everybody that you know the uh, the original motivational and you know science of the mind founders was Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie. They're the ones that figured it out back in the late early 1930s, mid 1930s, and all the greats. You know Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, uh, all of those greats. They're using the same principles and philosophies that Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie did way back then, but they put their own 
spin on it. They put their own spin on it. They put their own stories to it. But the basic principles are the same. And the basic principles that I'm teaching are the same. I'm just putting a rock and roll spin on it so that it connects with a different artist. And, you know, as you know, the great thing about music is it's the universal language. It allows me to connect with international audiences. I can kind of target my audience with the different acts to a younger crowd, to an older crowd. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, of using music as a vehicle. And for you, musically, what inspires you? What's what's on your playlist these days, Mark? Uh, I just kind of upgraded my uh, playlist to, it was pretty much my running list and workout list. It's pretty much been 80s with a little, you know, with a, I like Taylor Swift, I like uh, Jay-Z, I like JT, but, but you know, I have a heavy rock and roll influence. But I found myself now drifting back a little bit to the 1970s, some of the mid-70s, with some disco influence and some of the 70s rock and roll bands because that's that's when I was in high school and I'm, and you know just like you said we're kind of stuck in a, in a certain uh, period of what we like to listen to uh, and I'm thinking well that's when I grew up and when I was in school and when I started my DJ company in high school those were the tunes that I were I was playing so it's interesting that my subconscious is kind of taking me back there now for my work for my workout playlist yeah it's like back to the basics I'm kind of going in a similar direction myself now you talked about your workout i know that you follow a very specific fitness regime is that correct yeah i believe that you know if the research that me and, and my mentor and a couple of my coaches have found that you know some of the most successful people in business and in relationships are also very successful they're very healthy they're very mindful of staying fit of both body and mind you know with with meditation and things to help you know spark creativity and then they also take care of their their bodies because uh, basically you want to have as much energy as as possible you know grant cardone says it's our duty obligation and responsibility to perform at you know our highest peak level every day otherwise we're shortchanging our family we're shortchanging our creator we're shortchanging uh, the universe and you can't do that unless you know your you know your body is running on a ferrari engine you know, you want to you want to have a high performance body. You want to have a high performance level of health. So that's that's my driving force. Even though there's days I don't feel like it. Plus, nobody likes a fat guy in spandex, so I gotta be careful. <laughs> well, I mean, it works for Mick Jagger. I mean, he's out there. I mean, it's it's phenomenal how half these guys. I think if you remain in the business, it keeps you young, and you definitely have that going on in your in your favor. So. Thanks. <laughs> so one of the things I'm interested in is now that you're evolving is are there anything else that you've got planned for your upcoming keynotes are you are you adding anything into your presentations that your fans should be excited about uh, we're working on a couple of things uh, that you know probably won't disclose yet sure. but uh, the main focus for 2020 is we are looking for those new artists that you know are not so new to where you don't know if they're going to be around 20 30 years from now but yet they've been around long enough to prove themselves and stand the test of time to start incorporating them and the you know the the newer version of opportunity rocks to connect with those uh, younger people because one of the questions i ask people sometimes is when they complain about you know we don't like the old music or the old style of music i'll say well what artist do you think is around today that's going to be around 20 30 years from now mm -hmm. you know i mean there's so much 
you know, coming and going with music artists, some great talent, some great music, but, you know, are they going to be, be around 20, 30 years from now? I doubt it. A select few will. You know, Taylor Swift is, is going to be around, and, you know, Carrie Underwood's going to be around. Bruno Mars is going to be around. Jay-Z, uh, some of those guys are going to be around. I mean, look how Kanye has reinvented and, totally. And, uh, <laughs> with with the whole you know Christian movement that he's doing, which is which is phenomenal, he's he's creating a disruption. Yeah, it's amazing, and you're right on path to what we always are talking about on TunesMate is we focus on the 80s and 90s and a lot of the music that's out there, but we do this thing where we say five years ago, can you believe it? You know, Megan Trainer, you know, she was coming out about five years ago. Well, she's still around, you know, she's she's there, but she's trying to, you know, keep in the limelight. So you're right, it's like trying to figure out what's going to be continually out there and keeping us alive. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to, like you're saying, a lot of these key factors. I mean, Bruno Mars, for example, he reinvents himself. When he puts an album out, sometimes he's doing a lot of retro infusion into his music and keeping it vibrant. And it sounds like you're doing the same exact thing. Well, you have to. Uh, you can't, you know, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. But especially in, a, in the world today where technology and streaming and information is so readily available, what's hot today is cold tomorrow. You know, so it's not quite that bad in, in the speaking world, but you still have to be concerned and start looking, you know, three, five years down the road, where we're going to be, what's going on, because there's a lot of buzz out there about, you know, live meetings going away and, you know, more oh, virtual yeah. meetings and webinars and Zoom, uh, you know, and it, and there's a, there's a movement right now uh, with meeting planners for attendance. There's an attendance challenge because most millennials can get the information they want and need online. You know, you can get it on YouTube, you can get it in a webinar, you can get it uh, off the internet. So why do I want to take two or three days out of my life and, you know, spend money out of my pocket to go to a live conference when mm-hmm. I can get it? So that's, yeah. that whole industry is changing. And that's where things like I'm doing and, and other presenters and speakers are becoming more experiential. You know, if we can if we can give you an experience, keep you engaged, then, you know, you have a little bit more justification of like, wow, this is really a lot of fun. I really connected with a lot of people uh, with much more valuable than just sitting at home at a webinar. Yeah, and I see that a lot with your philosophy is keeping people engaged. I've heard that word a lot. And I've seen in a lot of your examples, not only drumsticks, but I saw an image I don't know where it was, maybe on LinkedIn, of your audience wearing headphones, kind of like a silent disco style. There's been a lot of different ways to keep people engaged, and I think a lot of musical artists are going to face the same challenges going forward as well. Yeah, and it's funny. I find it funny how um, the music industry has, has changed. You know, back 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 in the 70s and 80s, concert uh, tours were to promote record sales. And that's why you could go to a concert for $15. You could go, you know, uh, to a concert for $30. But now with, with the streamlining and the availability of music, the acts are making their money from touring because they're not making the money off of the, the streaming or the downloads because the music's sold so cheap. Yeah. We just interviewed an artist that is not only doing streaming, but also he's creating unique music for a specific audience and then a lot of merchandise sale as well. So there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. It's just like you said, it's you got to make it rock. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, huge, huge money in merch nowadays. Yeah, it's definitely been shifting. So, a couple of questions for you. I want to be respectful of time. I know you're a busy man. So, first of all, what is one of the most surprising things 
our audience would professionally be, I guess, surprised to know about you? Probably. People really find it very hard to believe that I grew up on a farm. Uh, you know, we were a, a pretty poor family, lived out in the middle of nowhere on a 200-acre farm in Missouri, or as we called it, Missouri. And, you know, how did I get from a guy that was pretty much destined to be a farmer? Because my dad, my dad's dad was a farmer, his dad's dad was a, uh, a farmer, so I was going down that road. But, you know, um, just kind of took, uh, farming really wasn't cut out for me. Uh, I enjoyed entertaining. I started my DJ uh, company in high school. Uh, but the fact that, you know, I can do electrical work, plumbing work, I can drive a tractor, I can harvest, I can plow a field, I can, you know, raise livestock, that really people just find that so hard to believe that, you know, I came from a farming background. That's amazing. It's very polymath, Mark. You, yeah. <laughs> you can hit it from, from a lot of different angles. So on Tunes Mate, we do this thing we call a title title. There's a lot of songs. You can't copyright a title. So there's a lot of songs that have the similar title, but they're totally different songs. So the one we have up this round is Push It. So Push It was a Static X song from, I think it's like 99 or so. And then, of course, salt and Peppa. If you had to pick one, which direction would you go? Uh, you mean as far as which act I would pick? Yeah. Uh, I would have to pick uh, Salt and Pepper because to me, uh, even back then, I was using that song for award ceremonies, for motivational presentations, because their definition of push it was, you know, push it to the next level. Uh, you got to keep pushing it. You can't stand still. You have to have some sort of action, mm -hmm. some sort of uh, engagement and in, in movement. You always push it, you know, push it, don't pull it, push it. Uh, so that's what I connect with best. Nice. I'm in your favor. I'm in that camp as well. So if people wanted to find out more information about you and your presentation, what's the best place for them to go? Best place is probably Google. Just Google Marvelous Mark. Uh, I spell my uh, my version of Marvelous Mark is spelled a little bit different, but you can spell it any way you have, uh, want it. I've got you know the URLs to all of it, but uh, Marvelous Mark, M-A-R-V-E-L-L-E-S-S dot com, or the easy version is M mspeaks.com capital M capital M speaks.com and that will take you to information on the book that will take you to information on our presentations or if you just have a question you know feel free to, to reach out and uh, you know be more than happy to try to you know help whatever challenge uh, you're facing well nice well continue success it's a pleasure getting to understand your presentation style and what motivates you and hopefully this will drive people to discover more about yourself and then also all the artists that are rock stars and that can capitalize on that thought process. So thanks for joining the podcast today, Mark. No, it's my pleasure. It's very cool. And I look forward to, you know, uh, us hanging out and uh, having, having coffee in the future. Nice. Thanks again.